0: I'm Dr. Amalia Gonyas Malka, welcome to Womanity Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socio economic class division, and gender based violence. Joining us on the line today is award winning actress, director, and producer Gina Schmuckler whose work has spanned film, television and theatre, both locally and internationally. She holds a Master's in Dramatic Arts from the University of the Witwatersrand. Welcome to the show. Thank
1: you so much.
0: To start with, some of your theatre work has included Mamma Mia, Cabaret and Chess as an actress. And a few of your directorial credits include Beautiful Creatures, The Line, Lost in the Stars, and many more. You've also been nominated for and earned several awards. How did you discover your passion for performance arts?
1: Um, that's a great question. Um, my sisters actually were involved in uh, Brickle Burke's productions when they were kids. And I was uh, all of six years old when they were auditioning for Annie. And I just, in the spirit of wanting to be included in the world of what my sisters were doing, auditioned for Annie and landed up doing Annie. So my entry into performing and theater, which I would definitely describe as my safe space, my primary passion, was ignited at six. And then, as I love to share, my mother sent me off on tour with my Pink Panther for three months to do Annie in Durban and Cape Town.
0: Was there any sibling rivalry with your sisters no, having not, been part of it?
1: <laughs> not actually. I mean, interestingly enough, neither of them got in. So <laughs> so I was left to do Annie. It was actually more support and more celebration of it. And I guess when you're six and cute, you can get away with anything on the stage. Well, that's what I believed until I messed around on stage once on a Saturday matinee and Louis Burke, amazing theatre director and empresaria of the 70s and early 80s in South Africa and um, took me to task that the stage is indeed a very sacred space and one in which we never fool about on and I can certainly say that that is something an ethos that I have maintained in my work till now.
0: It's a good lesson to have learnt at such a young age because I'm sure you you didn't make that mistake
1: again. I have never made that mistake again. And sometimes, you know, we talk about like the natural corpse that sometimes happens on stage and brings some life of a different kind into a performance. He always sits on my shoulder in those moments to say, pull it together immediately. Like this is not the space. So um, I'm always grateful actually for that lesson. Um, It's a space that requires immense discipline and craft and care and a sacredness that we are actually extremely fortunate to engage in theatre and and live performance.
0: You're portraying people's feelings, emotions, and you've got an audience that has come through to, to see you do that. Absolutely. Having gone from the tender age of six up along a couple more decades, walk us through some of the milestones in your career. So...
1: Um, Sure. Um, (laughs) It's so interesting you ask that question in terms of milestones. I think what, what, what weirdly springs to mind for me is almost the mentors that I've had, the people who have pushed me in different directions. You know, obviously I started off as a child performer and with that comes a whole lot of, you know, interesting life experiences. And then Actually, to be honest, when I finished school, I wasn't sure that it was the life that I wanted for the rest of my life. Um, it was a almost just that detour that was, do I go into advertising or go into performance? And Vitz Drama School came back to me sooner than I'd got in and I took it. I think work stretches you and pushes you in different ways. But because I have not only stayed an actress... Um, and I've moved into directing and writing and creative directing and teaching, I almost feel like milestones for me are my mentors. And of them, there've been many that have that have sort of shaped me in terms of the different work that I do.
0: And who are some of those mentors?
1: So um, Malcolm Perkey, who um, I met when I studied at drama school, who was an you know at the time had already been uh, you know an integral part of junction avenue theater company and Malcolm is somebody who I still have a working and personal relationship with 30 years later so I've worked with him as an actress and then I've worked with him when he was the artistic director of the market theater when he supported me moving more into a directing and creative and writing space so that's been a journey um when I lived in america I met an extraordinary composer and playwright, Liz Suedas, who's now passed on. The first thing I did with Liz was something called Missionaries. And Missionaries was about, um, they were called the Sisters of Mercy, who were murdered in El Salvador on December 2nd, 1980. And she was an integral part of the shift in me that happened as a performer, which moved to really using theater as a voice to explore and to give voice to stories that were forgotten and to give voice to stories of social justice. And then when I came back to South Africa, I really luckily connected with Warren Eby, who was then head of the drama department at WITS. And he pushed me into directing and creating work with students. And that just led to like another whole pathway of workshopping and working with verbatim theater. And then Warren actually became my supervisor when I did my master's at VITS. And then, you know, in the corporate theater world, um, somebody that I'd been working with as a performer, um, Anel Booth, she runs an amazing event company called Mela Event. She came to me and said, listen, you're going to take care of my creative direction. And I was like, what is that? And that was in 2013 and 2020. I'm still creative directing for Mela. So just people who have really... Um, championed and and seen things in me that I would not have seen in myself and that have really just um, supported me and given me courage and just um, the will to say, yes, I'll try it because I had somebody who was saying, try. So, yeah. And listening to what
0: you've said, you've done theatre work as an actress. You have yes. done directional work. You've been teaching your craft through to younger generations and and enriching them. So you've got this pay it forward effect. Often I find in many industries, people tend to be pigeonholed into one form and it's so challenging to come out of it, but yet you've been able to address your interests on a multidimensional
1: level. Yes, indeed. How did you do that? Breaking out of the mold. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's been interesting. Like, I think because I started as a child performer and I was doing musicals. um, And then, you know, when I studied at drama school, I actually should make mention of Laura Foote, who I did my first workshop production with at drama school, which was called De Groot Freck, based on Baron Stradom's killings on Church Square. So I think because I studied, actually, the intersection of education, and because I didn't do a musical theatre de- degree, even though actually that is what I had been doing um, up until that point, because I went to drama school, I was exposed wow. to what theatre does, and so I think that just shifted my head into the world of of drama, and then I don't know, I I, I guess I I you know I, I I interestingly I think it just keeps coming back to the sparks that people offered me, that, you know, this is, you don't have to be one thing. And I think interestingly enough, certainly that is something that South Africa offers performers in the most extraordinary way. I think we offered opportunity here that I certainly could never have had when I lived in New York, because in New York I really had to put my my ace on the table and say, I'm an actress. And, and indeed, I'm an actress who sings. Because for me at that time, there wasn't the fluidity that you could be a director and you could be an actress and you could be a writer and a teacher. I think in South Africa, there's definitely a space where where we trust that fluidity if it exists in people. You know, I, I, I certainly have friends who are only actors and, and that's remarkable and that's what they do. Um I think for myself, I was fortunate enough to meet enough people who said there are different ways that you, Gina, can express yourself. And I just explored those avenues. And I think, to be honest, I think sometimes you've just got to say yes. And God, I feel terrified to try this, but I'm just going to say yes. It's walking
0: down the road that's less traveled. And I think that gives more exposure, more opportunities in the unknown. Definitely. Given the wide range of media that there exists today, and also more importantly, the extent of the reach that it has and the longevity of various productions, media plays such an important role in cultural representation and social influence i thinking in terms of our show in particular, because it is a gender-based program. So with respect to women across Africa, we always consider it's important that women are appropriately portrayed in media content, that their voices are heard, and that they have greater representation across all sectors. Would you say that when you're taking on particular roles, that women's representation is a factor that influences your choices?
1: Oh, this is such a great question. I think as you get older and you are more defined in what sits well with you in terms of your value system, I think one has more courage to say no to work that does not resonate with you. I think it's vital that one understands the role and the power of what is received in any form by the person who witnesses, whether it's just a visual on Instagram or whether it's a little teaser for a show. I I think one has to be constantly looking at the lens of who is immediately swiping on that post and what is your role in that reflection. So for me, there's definitely in my last year's where i would i would certainly fight for something to be represented differently whether i am collaborating on an event or whether i am directing um, a theater piece or indeed if i'm acting a role and something just feels like it's misrepresented and, and doesn't stay true to what i believe in and i think that that's crucial I just want to share with you, we did an amazing piece called Eclipsed, which was really the brainchild of um, Sylvain Strike. And Sylvain brought me on to collaborate with her and Pomlani and Dabeli. The piece was based on Life is a Domeni. And we created it with the second year market theater laboratory students. And one of the days we brought in a social justice lawyer, Benita Meisfeld. And we were having a conversation around rights and the voice of, of bystanders and and just us who walk the streets and look at billboards and read headlines. And it was an extraordinary moment for the students to understand that their work, they can do all, all different kinds of work. But when they have the privilege of being in the space of making work that's going to make meaning, they have the agency to create and say and be artists and be writers and have a voice and that you just saw all you saw the lights go on and i think that is um that doesn't only translate into the theater space it especially for that generation where everything is going out into social media it gave them an understanding of the role that they can play and indeed what we have to play and impart so yes sorry and possibly a long-winded answer i think one has to stand in one's values and be guided by that in one's work. And and sometimes that's hard. And I, and I can certainly share that certainly in many spaces, I feel like sometimes I've got to put on my armor as a woman when I walk into a room full of men on an event and I've got to constantly put my my uh what's the word my my spade in the ground and like be strong and that's something that i i I hope will change soon and i'm sure you know for
0: many women part of i think our, our role in society today is about making the path smoother for women who follow behind us so what would you say have been some of the gender challenges that you've experienced in your journey as, let's say, and overcome as lessons for future women that are coming up the ranks?
1: So I think one of the interesting things that happens in our workspace, and I think this goes across race and gender, is that I think sometimes we, I'm obviously just speaking from my own personal experience, there's a sense that in order to be, completely uh, heard one has to adopt a male energy in that space and I'm super conscious of that and it's something that I won't do I don't don't even really know what that means I'm I'm talking in very uh, bold primary colors of male energy so I've worked extremely hard to stay in my personality and who I am but find the means to assert myself as a woman in those spaces. And and if needs be, to call somebody on their action in as gentle a way as I would in my personal world, but to say that's not okay. And generally, I find in truth that actually when, when I've just stayed firm and shut out the noise of, I know it's an easier way to just shout and scream or be the loudest voice in the room and be heard. But when I've actually just stayed in my own, for lack of a better word, truth as a person, I do find people come around. You know, I think I mean, when you direct, you are so often having to do a bit of psychology navigation. And most often it's about really knowing yourself and being okay with who you are, and sometimes it's terrifying because sometimes in the moment you have to go, look, I'm faltering in this moment because I'm feeling this, this and this, can we just talk this through? And um, I truly hold very, very much the idea of um, Brian Stevenson's concept of proximity and it's not a theater concept, it's a social justice concept and I really hold true to it that as soon as one works and works with the idea of proximity, I see you you see me, we, we can find a way through. And that's really um, how I approach my work and the spaces that I engage in now, both as a woman and as a white woman.
0: One of the themes for me that's emerging through the conversation is a lot about identity uh, and being true to your values, being authentic. And when you were speaking just then in terms of your role as director, it's very much a leadership function. Because if people aren't listening and doing what you're asking to them, the the production's just not going to work. So, what other mm. strengths or tools do you bring in um, that could be shared for female leaders?
1: I I I think the world <laughs> I think the world is in such a um, despairing place, and I pray that our lessons of COVID. Um, open up greater spaces of humanity, I don't have immense faith in that. What I do believe in, and I've believed this in my work since the time I've started, like really directing and um, and certainly working with um, young people, but also um, working with older people who, who are sometimes in a way and interestingly much more vulnerable in their craft than the, the younger person who's full of life and... Um, has the energy for, for all the failure and success that might come their way. But I, I truly believe in encouraging people, but in a real way. So I believe in critical thinking, and I believe in approaching something. I always try and discern, certainly in a teaching space, but also in a directing space, that looking at something with a critical eye or through a critical lens does not equate to criticism. It's a way of of stepping slightly outside of the moment and looking in. And indeed, you know, accentuating and giving space to what's positive and perhaps what's also not working. But I do not believe in breaking down people or spaces to get what I want. I feel like if I'm not able to get through to an actor or if I'm not able to communicate with a lighting designer because we have completely different tastes, which by the way is something that just is like a a running train through all our work is that everything we do in art is subjective. So I can't expect other people to have the aesthetic or the taste or the values that I have. But if I'm not able to get through it, I have to self-reflect. So I can't beat somebody down because I can't work out how to get what I want. And that process of self-reflection is 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 can be quite disarming but I I, I feel like I, I guess what I'm coming to is accountability if we're talking about leadership and being artists and making change and and being women um I think I would say that I I call myself to account through a process but I also do believe that, there is a way of being incredibly maternal and incredibly nurturing in a space that will bring out the best in people. And I've witnessed that over and over and over again. And like the fact that people have seen stuff in me that has opened all the doors for me to do all the different things that I do, I do believe that when you really see somebody, you're seeing things in people that they don't know that they have. And I always want to look for that, because that also just gives somebody the most extraordinary confidence so it's not only about the moment of work it's also you offer somebody something that follows on from the the present
0: thanks for sharing some of your approaches and methods within the leadership space and also importantly not just as you say working on the particular theme or project but what happens next, giving people a platform, an opportunity to to
1: leapfrog their career into development? Absolutely, absolutely. And certainly in the teaching space, where where one really tries to impart to students that our business is not only creative, it's also business. And to try and, and, and impart to them that the sooner they think like business people in the arts, which is just about caring for your craft and how you are perceived, that's also something that just takes them beyond waiting for the phone to ring and 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 I think that that certainly is something that comes from me. The idea of waiting for the phone to ring is just so um, disempowering. So yeah, I think for me if as I'm as I'm sharing this with you, I think I'm understanding of myself that it's you know it's about accountability and empowering and mentorship and giving confidence. All fantastic traits. You are listening to
0: Womanity, Woman & Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band, also available on DSTV Channel 802. Today we're talking to award-winning actress, director and producer... Gina Schmuckler. We would love to hear your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. In the previous segment of the show, Gina took us through her career starting off at the tender age of six in a production of Annie and looking at some of her milestones in her career, which really took on the emphasis as she adopted different roles, whether it was in front of the camera, on the stage or behind the camera as director And we spoke about some of the aspects within the importance of choosing certain roles and how their representation of women has an impact. And looking at the pay it forward component in terms of how to nurture younger actors and older actors to the best of their ability in their craft. Uh, Gina, turning towards more of a a personal perspective, one of the questions that I ask all my guests on the show who've made tremendous achievements in their respective disciplines is about some of the factors that they feel have contributed to their success, whether that's hard work, uh, perseverance, uh, a particular person in your life. In your opinion, what would you say have been some of the key drivers to your success?
1: I think discipline and I think a humility. I'm I really believe that the journey of an artist is ongoing and I've never felt like I could stop learning and and I, and I think because I've been open to ongoing learning I constantly am learning, and I think what that amounts to is that my joy and my passion for what I do is kept alive. Um, in a pre-COVID world, um, I, I would really make an attempt to see as much theater as I could, other people's work. I would. Um, my whole family lives overseas, so I would try on a trip that I made to America, I would make sure that I was able to see some work there. So I, I always I, I've always just felt that I I wanted to keep drinking in and absorbing what is out there. So but in terms of my own craft, um it's certainly discipline. And um yeah and, and just always kind of feeling slightly below the form. I very rarely feel like I'm on the form. Um, if that makes any sense. So even as an actress, I always have a sense of aspiration. Like I'm still aspiring to to deliver something in my work. Um, I, I never feel like I'm complete and I'm done and I can just walk in with my eyes closed and deliver Um I feel like there's always more. So sometimes I drive myself crazy and sometimes it would be nice to just be in a position where you feel like I've got this completely. But I I, th- I think the fact that I never feel like I've, got, I've completely got this is the thing that just keeps me wanting to learn more. And, um, and also I, I think in my later years, I, I'm able to identify people whose work I really, really respect. And um, I try to drink in as much as I can when I'm working with them.
0: It seems like you're constantly challenging yourself and our world is changing all the time. We're exposed to new things. And if you didn't have the approach that you took to to drinking in as
1: much as possible, then you'd be left behind. Completely. That's what I would say. Um, I think one has to keep up. But keeping up can also be completely overwhelming. So I think that it's a fine line between understanding the things that really speak to you, and keep staying afloat and staying um, involved and 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 researching. I mean, you know, when I studied, of course, there wasn't Google and all of that stuff. One can and. I mean, here we are in COVID and you can still keep up because we're just online. Yeah, I think if one doesn't give oneself permission to access what is available to us, we can just fall behind. And for me, that feels quite um, terrifying to, to fall behind. But having said that, I'm also aware that there are certainly times where I'm, I'm clear, and I guess this goes back to one's values and, and possibly that I'm just such a true theater baby that for me the idea at the beginning of lockdown for example the idea of creating virtual theater was just I I couldn't even get my head around it I was like no 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 I'll wait for the world to return but now what I found myself doing is creating work using theater but that can live in a multimedia space so that can live in a, a, a screen format So, you know, like this hideous buzzword, agility, we have to keep agile as performance as well, all the time.
0: Developing virtual theatre sounds incredible of being able to look at moving ahead with the direction we're going in, because, like you say, if we carried on waiting for COVID to end, we just would never get anywhere. We'd be stuck spinning on a a spot. Um, So the fact that you've managed to take your your knowledge and your, your learnings and apply it into a different form that can still be um, appreciated is wonderful. Thinking about your life as you grew up, what would you say has had the biggest impact to make you the person you are today?
1: <laughs> hmm. Gosh, that is such a hard question and a brilliant question. Um what has had the greatest impact on me? You know, I was born in the 70s and I grew up, I would say, I came into some form of consciousness in the 80s and I was a child of very progressive parents um, in apartheid. Um, I think, I th- you know, if I if I think about the work that really speaks to me, and if if I think about the stuff that really makes me despair, it is all aligned to where there is a lack of social justice. So I want to say, in a way, my parents' engagement with the world that we were growing up in probably impacted who I am today in the most profound way. Um and i and i think that was always the capacity to look in and be inside of something but affect something outside of your inner space that's very powerful yeah i, th- I th- that's what kind of I, I can't identify a single like you know obviously the fact that i auditioned for anyone when, when i was 6 years old charted my life um well you know, in retrospect, but I mean, I could have done one show and left the industry. But obviously it ignited something in me and ignited something very profound in me that I, you know, that I always um, wanted to follow on with. But but in terms of the person that I am and the creative that I am, I would definitely say it's um, the way I was raised.
0: Your mom, I'm sure, must have had a, a significant uh, role in your life as as you were growing up. Who have been
1: some of the other strong women? My grandmother. My grandmother is iconic, um, and my grandmother came. She came from Russia when she was thirteen years old to South Africa, and she worked. So she was an uneducated woman who um, had to make money for her family, and she worked and built up a business in Johannesburg and was an extraordinary woman of um, valor, I want to call her, Um, thinking about the the time that she came from and who she was. She was an extraordinary uh, woman of honor and success, and she was quiet but incredibly strong. And she lived with us in her later years. And I just cherished my time that I would spend with her. She loved nature. She valued very real things. And um, as kids, um, the three of us, three sisters in my family, we each, every Tuesday night, we would have dinner alone with my gran in her cottage. And that was our time with her and um i still impart those times to my child about my my dinner with my gran so she's certainly somebody who completely like impacted I, I actually if i if i'm honest i grew up around very strong women and women who who spoke up and spoke out which i guess i'm incredibly um privileged to have had that Um, life experience. And certainly my mom, um, you know, from a child's eye, she was a a woman who was completely independent. And um, there was very much a a sense of, of equality in our home. Um, so, yeah, again, I want to say going back to um, how I was raised and, and the women that I was exposed to at a young age who really imprinted on me. And then, certainly in my work, yeah, the late Lissuadas, who um, I've referred to earlier in our conversation, who when I met, she was, um, she'd already passed her kind of commercial success and she was already just delving into making work that made meaning. Um, and she really she really did not bend to what was expected of her in the commercial or in the, the the theater paradigm of New York at that time she just charted her own path of what she believed in and um you know she's just someone that i hold in my heart in my work all the time so, I, yeah, I would say those three women. And, and yeah, my, my my middle sister, who also is just an extraordinary educator um, and somebody whose value system always guides the lens from which she acts. They
0: all sound like fantastic role models and mentors to to have had
1: Definitely. in your life. Definitely.
0: And lastly, as we close out the show today, could you share a few words of Inspiration or wisdom that you'd like to share with younger women that are listening to us on
1: the continent? I, I think it's important that we allow people to see us in our in our truth, and I think that there's a certainly in work environment environments in my experience there's an element of vulnerability as weakness. There's an element of fragility equals weakness. And for me, I think what we bring to the world, and I I feel there's so much in a South African context and having lived overseas, is that women in our country, we can offer such containment. And I feel in my work and in our day-to-day dealings with people, if we are able to offer a containment to others, but because we've acknowledged that we, we have enough to be whatever we need to be, and I think part of that is just, and I, and I, this is a life journey, but I think it's being able to see ourselves and be okay with what we are, and then to stand up for others and to contain
0: Thank you so much for sharing and for taking part in today's program, walking us through some of the milestones in your journey so far and sharing snippets of wisdom. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much, Amelia, for this um, amazing, beautiful platform and for your very provocative questions. They're going to keep me thinking the rest of the day. (laughs)
0: You have been listening to Womanity, Woman and Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to award-winning actress, director and producer Gina Schmuckler.